0: com
1: Welcome to Seek Reality with your host, Roberta Grimes. Author and attorney, Roberta Grimes, will explore and illustrate how she, after an extraordinary experience of light and childhood, has discovered channels of communication to the afterlife and how these implications have an effect on our everyday lives. Please welcome the host of Seek Reality, Roberta Grimes.
2: Hello oh, everyone, I'm so glad you're here with us today. Roberta Grimes, Seek Reality, and we're gonna be doing something that I think is especially fun. Three years ago, I wrote a blog post called Pets in the Afterlife, and 18 months later, I decided to begin to offer up my post whenever people would Google what happens to pets after death. So by now, I'm a genuine dead pets guru, believe it or not. I get emails and blog post comments daily from people who have just lost a dog, a cat, a rabbit, or a rat or a bird. I mean, those are, I think, most of the personal pets I hear about. I have to say that the grief people feel when an animal dies is for some worse than the grief people generally feel for a spouse or a child, and I have a sense of why that may be, but it still surprises me to receive anguished emails from someone whose dog has died maybe at 14 or even older really mystifies me because we know that dogs have a natural life and it's only about that long at best i have a friend who calls puppies pain in a fur wrapper that's what they are you know your dog is going to die many years and even maybe decades before you do and yet you will willingly bring that little pain in a fur wrapper into your life so it's very good news for animal lovers that afterlife the afterlife for pets is actually just as wonderful as it is for us every animal we ever have loved is waiting there for us. Now, young, healthy, happy, being well cared for, they don't have to eat or eliminate, you don't have to walk them, they just live to love. And because there's no time there, it seems that the time doesn't seem to pass for them. So if you're very young and you lose a pet you love, just hold that pet in your heart, and he or she will turn around almost immediately after they arrive there, and there you'll be, having died of old age. It's all beautiful. It's a beautiful story. Now. There are people who can communicate easily with pets, whether living or dead, and we've never really had one on Seek Reality, and I blame myself for that, but I never found anybody who came really well-recommended. We're going to try to make that up today. Um, Our guest this week is Debbie Johnstone. She's an empath from Phoenix, and she was recommended to me by no less than Suzanne Wilson, who I think is the greatest living medium. Um, Debbie specializes in communicating with our companion animals whether they're, you know, a horse or a or, or or a mouse and whether they're alive or dead and i think that's exciting. So welcome Debbie, it's really good to have you here. We have a lot to talk about. Thanks Roberta, i'm really really excited to be here too. So l- before we get started talking about the good stuff, let's at least get to know you a little better because um people like to know why you got into this and what your experience with it has been.
3: It, it really is an interesting kind of journey. Um, this is, I feel like, my natural, this is who I am and what I do. But I didn't really come to this in a straight line, if you will. When I was a little girl, my earliest memories are probably around two years old, having conversations with the kitty cat next door, little black cat with white feet named Boots. And he was my best friend. Oh my, that is my best friend in the whole world. Yeah. And, and my mom just thought I was talking to him. Um, she didn't really know that I could actually have a conversation with him. And I didn't really understand that anyone else didn't really hear the animals the way I did. So fast forward to about seven years old and I continued to do this and it kind of scared my mother. Um, Uh,
2: Understandably,
3: yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so she said, Debbie, you need to kind of stop doing this, put away your invisible friends um, for right now, um, because it's just not what people do. And so I did that. My My intuitive abilities didn't really turn off, but I didn't really talk to animals or hear them very much for a very long time. Fast forward, I actually became a computer programmer and worked in technologies for a very long time until 2001 when 9-11 hit and I kind of had like a life changing, um, you can call it a midlife crisis or, or um, you know, just, it. I just realized that I wasn't doing what I loved to do. And I put a plan in place, took about two years, and my goal was to get back to doing what I love to do. I had no idea what that was when I made this decision. Yeah.
2: Well, so, so you, you, you hadn't been communicating with animals all that time, but you just knew you needed to do something new. Exactly. I could feel them. Um,
3: I'm an extreme empath, so I could feel things, but, and it, but it never was a conversation like I had when I was a little girl. And I, was, I got very ill working in corporate America, and so my goal was to take care of myself, get healthy, um, and I started seeking alternative health um, ways to heal myself. And the second time I went to see a healer, he said to me, out of the blue, do you want to talk to animals? And that really was <laughs> the switch that turned it all back on for me. Wow. And that was back in around 2001 time frame and I've been doing it ever since now when
2: you say that they talk to you we think of animals as nonverbal. do you just feel impressions from their minds thoughts or or are they saying how do you do Debbie what's new um yes and yes (laughs) are you serious
3: Um, really uh, seriously um some of them will do exactly like you said and it's it's almost shocking even though I do this every day Uh, when that happens, but some are like that. Um, They basically will communicate in in about six different ways. Um, It's called telepathic communication, Um, and you can hear thoughts, you can get feelings which are either physical feelings or emotional feelings, my knee hurts, or I'm happy. Um, You may hear sounds, you may get um, pictures. And pictures can be like uh, like a just a digital photo or it could be a moving picture. And also taste and smell sometimes come through. Usually cats like to send like their favorite fishy food and a taste to me because they know I don't like fish. That's <laughs> funny, really. Those, yep, all of those things can, but they usually only communicate in one or two ways based on their personality. So each animal that I talk to or have a communication with, it's a little bit different. Just like talking to people, one person is a loud and happy talker, other people are soft voice, so it can be different. But sometimes things like you just said will happen and, it, and it's like you hear it in your mind and I'll laugh or they'll make me cry because they can be funny, they have emotions just like we do. Yes, so it's really wonderful
2: we know and they're all they have different personalities too i I, absolutely that's part of the fun of it so all right you're in a room um do you are there are there dead animals around you sometimes um
3: sometimes i have to be i have to kind of open myself to it over the years um i've learned not to be open all the time but if i am open um, and I, I, do see human spirits from time to time, but I'm specifically fine tuned into the animal world. That's my passion. And so, um, yes, there are animal spirits. They come to visit their people often when they transition, like you said, in the beginning, it's, it creates this huge, empty, big hole in people's lives yes. and they need to know they're around and the animals know that. And so they'll send messages and they just want to maintain that connection. Once connected to an animal companion, you stay connected forever and always. Doesn't matter if you're in
2: different forms or not. I think that's a very important point for people to understand, because in fact, that that's what the animals tell us. Um, you know, we dead research people who research um, the the dead. I get get to know a lot about animals, uh, even from the people who who are dead. They <laughs> one of the first things, because I, I did most of my research in pre nineteen fifty communications. I remember. Um, reading uh, communications from people through deep trance mediums where they will say things like, well, she finally got here, but we can't get near her because she's got all these damn dogs and cats around her. <laughs> Remember she had all those animals and she had to pat every single one of them before they would let her hug her, yeah. her, her human relatives. I think that's kind of amazing. And that's one of the first things I learned. So I've always known animals are there. Why do you think the grief is so great for any, I mean, I've I to tell you, it breaks my heart sometimes to read the things people say about how they they want to, the only, all they want to do is kill themselves to be with little Toby or whoever the dog was. Do you have a sense of why it's, it's? So yeah, I,
3: I think I do because my passion, um, I, I, I talk to animals that are both in spirit and in physical form. Um, and I would say that my passion is working with people and animals before, during, and after transition because there's so much healing that can be done in that area. Wow, but I yes. do things, normal things. Uh, why is um, my dog barking at nothing? <laughs> you know, yes. those kind of usually things. there's,
2: yeah. usually there's not
3: nothing. Usually, Exactly. Something. But I would say that, that, um, that grief that people feel is because the relationship that they have or had with an animal is so profoundly unconditional. Yes. Uh, when you think about people and relationships, there's whether the relationship is a wonderful relationship or it might have been a difficult one, we don't always feel the unconditional love all the time. Animals look at us, doesn't matter if we forget to feed them dinner, or if we didn't brush our teeth or take a shower. That's there's right. There's no judgment. So I That's think it's right. the lack of judgment and the profound unconditional love. And I you know, people are really hard on themselves. And I always tell people that if you could see yourself through the eyes of your animal, you would love when yourself even more.
2: When we come back, I'm gonna tell you what I think the problem is too. But all of that was very well said. This is exciting. We'll be back with Debbie Johnstone. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes and our wonderful guest, Debbie Johnstone, who communicates telepathically with animals, both living and dead. And she does other stuff, too. We'll talk about that. But first, um, she just gave us her insights into why this grief is so raw. I have to tell you, every day I get communications from people who've just lost a pet. And so often the people themselves are suicidal, and it makes no sense to me. But, um, I think that the insights she gave us are great. My own particular insight from the people who just who communicate with me um, feel that they have to send me an email or they have to communicate, you know post on, the, on my website or something, is they all seem to feel guilty. You know, as you pointed out, Debbie, that, with, that people shouldn't feel guilty, but um, most of them will tell me if we communicate. Because I'll say, what is it you feel so bad about with regard to that that pet that you just lost at the age of 16 or whatever some old age? And it will be, oh, I'm worried he's upset that I we put him down. I'm worried um, because I wish I didn't realize how sick she was. All of those things. But don't you agree with me? There's never been a communication I've ever read or heard of with an animal who was put down that that wasn't grateful that they got to. to get a little bit early out of that body which was no longer serving them
3: don't you feel that way too debbie absolutely and that that is again that's kind of my area where i really love to assist because animals are um, not afraid of crossing over i've had many wonderful experiences where they've explained what happens there's no fear and the exact words or feelings or thoughts that they share about a person helping them cross over is always gratitude,
2: always, always. Uh, Please, everyone listening, if you love your animal, understand we can't do this. For older people, and there are reasons why I I support the fact that we can't do it for older people. But it's a gift we can give to our animals. If you especially have an older one or one who's very sick, the kindest thing you can do is take that animal to the vet and not force them to continue to suffer with whatever it is that's going to kill them anyway. And and so that's what I just tell people who email me or who comment. You know, this is the greatest gift you could have given to your animal. Thank you for backing that up. I asked the question, Uh, knowing how you would answer it, but. I, th- I think that's that's universally true. It's a gift. Don't blame yourself. Forgive yourself. Have you ever known an animal that had trouble forgiving after his or her death? Forgiving no. me for anything? For anything. For you know? anything. No. Um, the, you know, the messages. is,
3: um, I had this wonderful opportunity to be on a consultation one time with an animal. It was via phone. And the animal actually died while I was talking to it. Really? And were you there then? So did it, I, did it I wasn't change? in person. No, what happened was I, I see energy. So, um, I, when I talk to animals that are in physical form, I see bright emerald green energy, um, kind of going through the heart. And then when animals are in spirit, I usually see purple or pink and I noticed the energy changed and the animal. Just it she said that it was um, it was a dog and and she said that it felt to me like she was here and then she was there like she stepped just took a step to the other side She was very coherent and happy and it was very very easy for the most part that's what they all tell me um that it's it's an easy shift it's an easy transition and they share with me all sorts of different, things that they experience. Um, it's very unique, All those lo- there's lots of similarities, but the one thing I can say for sure is they don't take any heartache or any pain or any anything other than they feel love and gratitude and are happy once they get over to the other side. They don't take
2: that other stuff with them. Isn't that a beautiful thing? I mean, they, they really are pure spirits. Um, which is what we're told. We're told it's impossible for us to understand with the limited minds we have while we're here. It's impossible for us to understand how they can be so simpatico with us. And at the same time, they're just a different kind of consciousness, but they are. However, they're made out of love. They they don't have to go through the lessons we do to learn how to love. And um, that's I hope reassuring to all the people listening who worry about an older pet or maybe feel guilty about the past don't your this is a gift you give to your pets to be in their lives and they become eternal we're told that if you if they haven't had a an animal uh, lover in their lives that who loved them and they loved back that that they rejoin a group consciousness i don't know enough about that to even talk about it But it's a beautiful gift that you gave to your animal, whatever small or long time that animal was with you. Now, what? Tell me, tell me about horses, because my my animal companion that I'm looking forward most to seeing is a horse. Have you you talk to horses too, right? Yes, a lot of horses in Arizona. (laughs) I can imagine that.
3: Yes. so I'm very very fortunate, Um, and I work with people all over the United States and sometimes outside of the United States as well. And I'm very fortunate. Horses are probably one of the beings that I get to talk to, um, often. And, um, in fact, um, they, they, they are just, they're wonderful. You know, I, I love talking to them, um, because they usually have a unique in one to one bond to a specific person in their life. And they, they just are, um, very, intelligent and sentient. In fact, one of my best teachers was a horse in spirit when I was relearning how to do this again. Um, I spent about two years practicing and I work with an equine rescue. And every night I would connect to the horses at the equine rescue and talk to them. And one of my best uh, teachers was a horse who was in physical form who eventually transitioned. His name was Valiant. And he taught me so much, both on this side of the veil and on the other side too.
2: Um, I think really? they're wow. Yeah, and they're very spiritual animals. Um, I, I know this only because I bonded so deeply with my, my the one, in fact, I'll never know, own another horse. I'll never get on another horse until I can be there and ride him. But I, I, he was such a spiritual creature. More than um, I think just about anybody else I've ever known. <laughs> and and uh, he gave me a wonderful communication dream um, within uh, three or four days after his death. And I, I just, I mean, if you, most people don't have the opportunity to have a horse in their lives. But if you have any opportunity, realize you're, you're in the presence of a very great being. Um, that's true, I think, certainly of every horse I've ever known. And, um, and Bo was the most, most of all. So that's lovely. So you you don't have a horse, though.
3: I don't, um, but I have the um, the opportunity to work with a lot of them. I work with a couple of rescues and um, lots of clients are horses, or I should say. Uh, <laughs> I love saying that's cool to be able to
2: say that. <laughs> yes, that's great. That's great. So you you say one of the things you say on your website is that each of them has their, his or her own unique issues, requests, all of that. I mean, what kinds of things, what kinds of things do you most hear from, you know, the small animals or the the big ones too? You know, it it can be um, funny. It can be very
3: serious. I do a lot of work with animals to help. One of the things that happens with horses a lot is, um, you know, based on um, they, based on their bodies, they, they need assistance often with, you know, aches and pains. And, um, uh, one of the things I'm very grateful that I can do is to kind of pin, pinpoint exactly where those aches and pains are because bets can't always find them because they can't talk to them. Right. And the horse can say, Hey, this is what hurts. Um, but you know, sometimes it's little funny requests. Like I had a dog one time say, I really, really, really want a new blanket, and it needs to be green. Um, I, like, <laughs> I like the color forest green, so it needs to be green. Um, so it can be things that, that much fun. Or I had um, a dog last week that was not feeling well and was one of the older dogs in the family and wanted some special attention, and she wanted to go for a ride and go get a soft serve ice cream and and share it with her human person. So really? silly things like that they're really honestly not that silly because it's more about the bond and the the experience they have with their person. But you know, the other things can be they will request if they need if they're ill and they're ready to go, they will actually ask for assistance, meaning please help me crossover. I need assistance. So it can be fun things, silly things, you know, like I could use a massage, um, or sometimes (laughs) we go through a negotiation process of why they're acting specific ways. And they'll say, I'll do this if you do that. So it, it's, it runs a gamut. I never exactly know what's going to happen when I start a conversation.
2: That's fascinating. What was the strangest thing they've ever asked for any animal? Can you think of something? Um,
3: you know, I, I, uh, you know, it's, it's usually, I, I can't think of anything very strange, but unique. Um, I once had a dog that said her favorite thing in the whole world was to sit with her dad in his rocking chair every night and have like four or five little those little vanilla wafer cookies. That was like, her. but she showed them to me. So, um, the little mini ones, so little things that make, make a big difference. And it's usually, you know, sure. She liked the cookies. They tasted good, but it was a bond. And it's like a ritual that
2: they share with their people. Well, this is all beautiful. Um, I'm sure a lot of people listening are wondering now what their pets are thinking, and that's what we all should be wondering. But Debbie does other things too, and when we come back, we're going to talk about energy healing. And we're going to find out what the heck an emotion code certified practitioner actually is. So please stick with us, Roberta Grimes and Seek Reality.
1: We love it and it's super easy and quick to do.
3: My kid who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year can now read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics.
2: Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. So we're talking today with Debbie Johnstone, whose work now is is communicating with animals, whether living or dead. And as I've said at the beginning, she came well recommended by Suzanne Wilson, who is the greatest, I think, living medium talking to people. So for sure, um, she's she is well well recommended. And uh, if this interests you, I think you'll find that uh, she'll do a good job for you. But uh, she does other things, too. Now, you said that you learned that you could be an energy healer. Tell us a little about that. It
3: it was, um, I've always been able to see, like, energy, meaning I see colors um, around people, objects, um, animals, and so on. so, um, as I was going through my own healing process back in 2001, um, I call it kind of the moving out of the corporate world and and um you know i was working 70 hours a week and i was just exhausted and so um i started seeing an um an energy healer and i just realized that um i am able to do the same thing i i i can do reiki i can do a variety of things and i do a lot when i'm talking to animals and and i help animals in this way and people sometimes as well Um, but i i use energy through intention to assist in transmuting situations and illnesses and things like that animals are very very open to energy and healing and in fact they'd
2: prefer prefer that than going to the vet Yes, mm-hmm. anything, but right. let's not go to the vet, right? Well, so tell tell people what Reiki healing is, because some it's, people are wondering. Um, and it's it's
3: basically just a channeling of the the chi. It's also known or the energy within your body to somebody else. Um, many people will see people use their hands to channel it comes out their hands, um, and it's it's through sharing your energy with somebody else that you can assist them to raise their vibration, shift their energy to help them feel better. Um, so I do it. It's kind of a natural thing to me. I've done it most of my life and didn't even know I was doing it. And, um, I would say that, um, 25 to 30% of the, the clients, the animal clients that I work with, I do this as well on.
2: Now, what, what percentage of, of your practice is doing energy healing with people? Do you have any sense of that? Do you do very um, much of that? I, I do
3: some. Um, primarily, I work with animals. Um, I would say if you ask me what what percentage of my friends that I do energy healing on, <laughs> I would say 100%. Oh, okay. Hey, I have this pain over here. Maybe you can yeah. work on that for me. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, uh, I just... Um, I love doing it. I feel very well-rounded. It feels like just part of who I am. And I'll recommend it to somebody. Um, if they have something going on, I'll assist them with that.
2: That's great. And now what is an emotion code certified practitioner? I mean, you're certified, so you do it well, but what is it?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this came to me uh, about a year and a half ago in Um, It was like a last few things that I was working with myself, some allergies. And I had somebody do this on me. And I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. And it's very simple if you think about the process. And once I experienced it myself, I saw such profound shifts and changes in myself. I decided I wanted to do it. And um, it's a process by which certain energies, emotions can get trapped in our bodies and become energies that become aches and pains and illnesses. And it's a process of locating those and releasing them. Wow, which provides healing. Um, It's, it's pretty amazing. Um, I was surprised of how how much that happens. But it's like, who knows, you know, when you were uh, a year ago, you had a big fight with somebody. And you stuff some of those emotions, it got stuck in your body, maybe in your knee, and your knee's been hurting since then. But you don't have that. Oh, my goodness. Really? Yeah. And so it's pretty amazing. And I I actually um, do a bit of work with that on what I do quite a bit with the animals as well. So animals have that
2: problem, too, if somebody. Yeah,
3: not not as They don't store as many as people, but yeah, it can happen. Especially, I do a lot of work with rescue animals where they've been through multiple homes or they've been in crates or cages for a long time and they have fear aggression. So sometimes that kind of process, that kind of healing process can assist them.
2: That is really amazing. Everyone, please understand the only thing that exists is energy. Um, Albert Einstein himself said that, said that um, there is no matter. Um, What we think of as matter is just energy. at a low enough vibration that we can perceive it as solid. And that, I thought, was very profound, as was much of what Dr. Einstein said. it's all energy, so it only makes perfect sense that if people have the ability to affect that energy that we perceive as matter, um, they're going to be able to do things like healing. This is, this is the only reason this seems strange to people is that science refuses to look at any of it, and in fact, um, the, it's been estimated that energy healing is as much as 100 times more effective uh, than, than uh, chemical healing, the kind of thing we go to doctors Absolutely. for. Absolutely. So as far as I'm concerned, this all makes perfect sense. And I think I'm going to become a patient because Uh, I'm a little bit old. And so (laughs) I I have some things that maybe we could work on. But, But what you're doing is so beautiful and profound. And within the next decade, frankly what what she is doing is going to be the way we routinely attack whatever is is a problem we're having with our bodies or with our animals bodies only if the energy healers who are certified who are how you know real because of course it might be easy to fake but only the real energy healers will be the people we'll go to first after that if they can't fix it maybe we'll go try some chemicals but this is this is very exciting I'm so glad to have met you um uh-huh. and you, one more thing you said sure. to me in passing, was you said you could say something about the Arcturians. Uh, so so just quickly, tell the people who the Arcturians are and they're how you- Yeah, just, them. Um, so
3: that's, they're my friends. Um, I've been, those were the ones that my mother said you need to stop talking to when I was two years old. I saw them then. I didn't know who they were. I thought they were angels. They kind of look like angels. They're just a group collective that- um, their vibration is love and peace. And so I, I do receive information. They're my guides. They're my helpers. And another aspect, they send me some symbols that I call light codes. I use those for healing too, to, um, raise the vibration of a certain situation. So they're, they're from another, um, you can call it another dimension, another space, another reality, but they're just light, and love beings that want to assist us and help us um, heal and feel that, better.
2: That is beautiful. I had never heard of Arcturians until just a few years ago um, when I guess they wanted us to know more about who they are. And they're uh, uh, reportedly, and I don't know if this is true, um, there are they're people who's who entirely perfected, their race, which is what we're trying Mm -hmm. to do now with our race, raise their consciousness to the point where they no longer needed to keep incarnating as a a species, as a people. They're of the same consciousness that we are. Um, They are, as you could imagine, beautiful. And they have taken over protecting this planet because we had allowed our energy on this planet to go so low that there actually were very evil entities that wanted to milk us. Um, for low energy, uh, you know, energies that are low are still powerful. And they were trying to basically lower our consciousness enough that they could milk us. The Arcturians are pro- protecting us now from that. So we can expect, under their care, that we are going to start to make the kind of consciousness progress that we are supposed to be making while we're here. We're going in the right direction. Absolutely. And it's largely these people who apparently have chosen you as someone they want to work with, which is, I know someone else too who has Arcturian guides. It's a rare thing. But uh, but that is beautiful. Thank you for, yeah, for balancing you know something else for me. I actually saw one with my physical
3: eyes um, when I, and it was with a horse because they're very tuned into the animal animal consciousness. They kind of have similar vibration. And this, this beautiful being was standing behind this 18-and-a-half-foot this racehorse I was working with. Wow. And I was like, holy cow, it was
2: huge. It was awesome. It was beautiful. I think if people see them, they often do think that they're seeing angels.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. They have wings. Or they yeah. like
2: They have wings. Yeah, um, which which may be why there are all these tales of of people seeing angels. But this is yet another thing that we are only now learning about. So many things, and I date it probably to about when the Arcturians took over. We were so misguided. Think about the 20th century when 100 million people died just because of communism, and think of all the wars, and think about all the pain and suffering of the 20th century, and I guess they decided when we finally exploded atomic bombs in anger that enough was enough, mm-hmm. and they took over, so we won't be able to do that anymore, and they're they're turning things in the right direction. Very exciting time to be alive. And it's wonderful, Debbie, that you are so involved with all of this, because you're basically going to be at the center of all the things that are thrillingly about to happen. Um, Debbie is an animal communicator. But as you can see, when people have, when people are empaths, when people have a highly developed um, sense of Of connection with all other beings because all consciousness of course is all one they're able to do some amazing things uh and and it's just exciting to find someone who's actually doing all of this i've talked to people who i think probably aren't um but they this is this is thrilling this is exciting and when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more with debbie and let you know how you can get in touch with her roberta Grimes, seek reality with debbie johnson we'll be right back William S. Welcome back to Seek Reality. This is Roberta Grimes, and my new, brand new friend, Debbie Johnstone, is an animal communicator who is also someone who can do healing, and she knows whereof she speaks. As I said before, she was recommended to me by, um, by Suzanne Wilson, who I think is the, the most um, powerful medium now communicating with, with the dead. So uh, that's a good recommendation. Um, Debbie wh- wh- how do people typically find you are you are you listed somewhere and- I am I'm I'm on
3: the I'm on the internet um, listen to animals.com L I S T E N the number 2 animals plural, dot com, is where you can find me
2: and um, I, I, there's quite a lot on your website about what you've done. Um, I, I think, though, that you're still evolving, aren't you? I, I, it seems to me as if you're still growing in your in your profession.
3: I would say that's true. I'm always, always, always looking to learn new things. And I would every animal that I talk to is a teacher, and I'll learn something new from them. So. Um, yeah, I'm definitely, I, I'm i still growing and learning, and that's my passion, too, is learning. I love to learn new stuff when it comes to this type of work. Anything that can help um, people feel more love in their lives and to feel healthier and happier.
2: So if if people just want to get in touch with you, uh, they would they would send you an email. There's a contact can block email on your site. Yeah, at
3: debbie, um, D-E-B-B-I-E, at listentoanimals.com.
2: Okay, now, where do you think you're going with this? <laughs> um, are, are you finding that your practice is growing? Are you thinking about uh, doing yeah, your I, own you know, uh, TV show? What are you thinking about doing? I, I- I I kind of
3: am am in the flow kind of person. And what that means is I feel the energy and I allow myself to go where where it's taking me. And so my my I what I would love to be able to do is to help people realize other people realize that this is not something just I can do. All these things can be done by everybody and and we can learn together. And so I love to teach people how to talk to their own animals. I love really? to teach people. Absolutely. Um, how to, um, with animals always say, mom and dad, mom and dad, the human mom and dad, can help me feel better by placing their hand on me and just sending me love. So
2: wow.
3: it's simple, <laughs> profound things can make a big difference in our lives. And so that's my passion, um, where it's taking me. I'm just, I I'm,
2: I'm I'm following the flow. <laughs> no, but it, it's it's this is something which I, I think was very important. You are helping people learn how to communicate with their own animals. So you're not saying, hey, if you ever want to talk to spot, you got to call me. What you're saying is everybody can talk to spot. You everybody
3: just- yes and it's it's I love the fact that I'm noticing more people say, well, when they do this, am I actually hearing them? And so I can help people by saying, you can connect to your own animal, whether it's here in the physical world or there on the other side. Um, And so I can say, you know, they mostly communicate in thoughts and feelings, or maybe they'll send you pictures. So I can, everybody has this ability. It's just a matter of practicing and tuning into it.
2: Wow, this is exciting. Well, um, I, I already know some people. I have told I would be interviewing you today, and they they're going to line up. So Aww. this you know, this is the kind of thing which people don't realize is possible. Um, they 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 know it's possible to talk to the dead through a very good medium, but they don't mm-hmm. realize how very easy it is to talk to our loved ones. If you're an animal and you have a close relationship, and the animal loves you and wants to come sit in your lap and eat vanilla cookies or whatever he or she (laughs) wants to do, um, they're tuned and ready, really, to communicate by mind with you. Absolutely. There's, There's one consciousness. Our minds are all part of that consciousness, and that's the same consciousness that continuously manifests this universe essentially, that's God, although it's nothing like the Christian God. And because we're all part of that same consciousness, including our animals, it is so, so easy. If we just get over the thought that we can't communicate, it turns out communicating is really very, very easy. So I do give lessons in that then. Do you ever do a, do a class in it or something? I
3: have done classes. Um haven't done any recently. Um kind of doing this more on a one-to-one basis because um there's definitely a process that can be taught to everybody but what i find is that because each person has a unique situation how their how what their preferences are and what their animal preferences are understanding that individually makes can really kind of amp up the communication so
2: that works pretty well that's exciting. So once you sort of get get tuned to the animal, you can help people better understand their animal and then they'll be able to communicate better on their own. Yeah, if they want to. Um, but like you said, they have to believe they can. And
3: That's sometimes right. people really just want confirmation of what they re- they almost always already know.
2: Yeah, well that's that's reassuring that that it's sort of happening on their own. This is such I've said this before and I'll say it again this is such an exciting time to be alive because possibilities now are opening to us that we never dreamed were were there. Um, when I, when I think of my childhood, nobody had any idea this stuff was possible, but now we know it's actually easy. Debbie, again, please tell us your website and, and how they can, people can get in touch with you. You bet. Uh, so, um, my
3: website is listen toanimals.com. So that's L I S T E N the number two, not the word animals, plural.com. Um, my email is Debbie D E B B I E at listen to
2: Everyone, this is this is going to be fun, I think. We're going to do more talking with Debbie um, in the future. I just started to do videos. I have a great face for radio, but I'm starting to do videos. And we're going to do a video together because I think you'll want to meet this lovely person and have a little more time to visit with her. But meanwhile, Debbie, thank you so much for being here. And, and uh, consider yourself hugged, and we'll talk soon.
3: Thank you. I really appreciate the time and the opportunity love to everybody
2: this has been as you know seek reality with roberta grimes and i'm really glad you could be here today as you know you are a powerful eternal being you never began you never will end and when you really get what that means and all its implications it will change everything in your life for the better Next week our guest is Alex Securus. I've only ever read his name but I think that's how you say it. Of the Skeptico podcast and website, Alex is a rising star in this field. And this field is of course genuine scientific research that's not bound by the dogma of materialism. His book is Why Science is Wrong About Almost Everything. And it, which calls itself a rollicking assault on science's inability to answer life's most important questions. That it is. It's actually a very entertaining book. It's, it's one of those things we call a page turner because you have trouble putting it down. And it is a terrific summary of what the issues are that, that are stymieing science, and yet they refuse to look at where the obvious answers are. It's a good book which has gleaned a foreword by the British researcher Rupert Sheldrake. He is I think the preeminent scientist in the world, because he's the only one who's working on these things, and I'm working on consciousness, as a scientist who's totally not bound by the scientific dogma of materialism. Um, he says of this book, Alex and his interviewees, um, because of course um, Alex Tsikaris does a a podcast called um, Skeptico. He and his interviewees deal with deep questions in the very frontiers of scientific understanding in areas where the sciences are being inhibited by fear, dogmatism, and disinformation. That says it all. You're really going to enjoy this guest, and so I hope hope you'll be with us next week. Of course, this week, our guest has been Debbie Johnstone. Debbie is an empath who is able to communicate with our animal loved ones, both living and dead, And she's, as she said, an energy healer, too. Of course, all of us are spiritual beings innately. That is what we are. The only eternal, the only real part of us is what we think of as mind or spirit. And it's important to realize that since all of consciousness is one, it's likely that all of us, as she said, have the ability to do this. The primary reason that we can't do it is we believe we can't. And that belief is a powerful fact then in our lives. But as a little child, of course, she had friends who helped her see that they, she would always be able to communicate. Went away from it for many years, came back to it, and now she is highly recommended and doing a wonderful job. Um, I think we're going to find that this is the start of the next stage of human development. What Debbie can do now in communicating with our bodies and with our animals and with, our, with us telepathically is something that is actually a natural gift and it's going to spread over all the earth. Soon, everybody, soon with, well, within a few decades, I think before the end of this century, everybody will be doing what Debbie can do. Um, this, these mind-based abilities are innate and we're coming to the end of what is really a very long dark age of human development in which nobody really understood that. As this becomes more commonplace, we will be healthier. Mentally and physically, stronger in every way, and every human life will be much richer for it. So, bless Debbie. I'm so glad we finally got to meet her. Now, as you know, my nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, and The Fun of Living Together. And for young children now, The Fun of Meeting Jesus. We'll have a second picture book this year. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available just about everywhere. You can find more information on RobertaGrimes.com, and don't hesitate to contact me. I love to hear from people. Meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, a powerful, eternal being, and you are always and forever infinitely loved.